Um, yeah. So I think for me, like one of the big reasons why I get myself out there so much is because so many we're told to work a lot so we can save money so that we can travel and do our things we want to do when we retire. But being a nurse, I have seen so many people in this life who retired in a week later in the hospital with some health issue. And it's like a very common thing of like someone retires, they're like, I'm gonna live my life. And then now they can't because they have something health going on. Or, you know, like, I have like, you know, people I know in my life who died young of cancer or something, and you never know how long your life is. And if you allow your fear of like, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. I don't know if I am capable of that, or I'm afraid to go alone. I'm afraid to do this thing. If you allow that to guide your life, you know, you might never get that chance in the future. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up, and welcome to episode 134 of Life in Motion. I've got Nicole Hamill with me, who is an avid hiker, traveler, and nurse. I'm excited to hear about her nomadic lifestyle, hear her most exciting adventure, and see where she's off to next. Nicole, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, yes, I'm excited. Um, I know, you know, there's quite a quite some stories I, I feel that we can get into. But before <laughs> we do that, let's start with the story of, uh, you know, who you are, where you grew up, where you're from, sort of what got you into the outdoors and this lifestyle in the first place. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, I lived there for pretty much most of my life. And I can just remember like being a child. um, So the White Mountains of New Hampshire have kind of always been home for us. We did a lot of skiing and snowboarding and just like hiking in the whites when I was a little kid. You know, I climbed Mount Washington when I was six years old. It was just kind of a yearly thing we did as a family. And so I just have always had it ingrained in me that like being outdoors is like a place you want to be. I had a family friend who once a year we would go camping in the whites and we would always go on a hike and she would be miserable the whole time. And I just had the biggest smile on my face as we're hiking up the hill. And so just from like all I can remember is like just like loving the outdoors. Um, But then I kind of um, fell away from it for a while. You know, I would ski um, sorry for the dogs in the background. <laughs> no worries. Um, I, you know, I would ski a lot, but the hiking aspect was never really a thing that I like got into, um, when I was like in high school or anything like that. Um, and what got me back into kind of hiking was in college. I had met some friends who liked hiking and, um, I don't know if you've heard of the New Hampshire 48, they're, um, 48, 4,000 footers in New Hampshire. And they were working on those. And I, you know, me being me was like, yeah, I I can hike. I'm a hiker. And so I joined them on a hike and I was miserable the entire time. I couldn't breathe going up the hill. I struggled and they never hiked with me again because I was (laughs) in the shape in which they wanted for their friends who hiked. So kind of out of spite of that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go finish these mountains. Um, and so I started just kind of heavy getting into just like working out more so that I could feel better when going up the mountains. And I just like started finding new friends who would hike with me and then eventually just started going by myself because I would struggle to find people who wanted to go on these hikes. And so I just 
created a culture in my own mind of like, this is where I want to be. And it started off as, you know, I'm doing this because of them. And it ended up being no, like, I love this. I love how I feel when I'm out, out there. I emotionally just don't imagine myself anywhere else. And I started realizing that it was something that I wanted to do for me in my life. Um, and that's kind of how I got into being such a huge hiker and outdoors person now is just more just they've realized like how important it was for me emotionally to be out there. That's awesome. Well, it's, it sounds like uh, one, you had an awesome uh, kind of childhood growing up in the outdoors and lots of mm -hmm. influence around you. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of funny how, you know, you mentioned the one hike with your, your friend where, you know, they weren't enjoying it particularly. And then it kind of flip the script a little bit later down the road and, and that, yeah. that motivation of uh um I don't, rejection seems like too too strong of a word but you're obviously you're like hey you know what i'm gonna prove you wrong kind of so, <laughs> <laughs> so so as you're like I, like you like you kind of said at first it was kind of that mindset of hey you know i'm gonna prove you all wrong i can do this and you know working harder working out and kind of getting yourself ready for that at what point did it switch though like, was there like, I guess, like a aha moment where it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm done doing this to prove them wrong. But like you said, now I'm actually enjoying this. Like, was, was there like a, a moment there that it kind of switched? Yeah, it was probably my first ever solo hike. And, you know, like I had been going on hikes with, um, you know, friends and stuff every so often. And I just like wanted to um, I just like wanted to get this list done. And then there was a day where like I asked, you know, probably, I don't know, seven other people to go with me. And they said they couldn't. And before that, I was like, oh, why would I want to go alone? But at that moment, I had this realization of like, no, wait, like, I need to be out there. And I want to be out there, not just because I'm just trying to prove that I can finish this hike. But because I actually want to be there, and I ended up just going by myself, and I hiked Mount Cannon. And I just basically ran up the hill and there was a point on that hill where I just like stopped because I was going too fast and I just laid on a rock and just like breathed and was like, this, <laughs> is, this is where I want to be in life. And like, that is like a very distinctive moment where I switched from like just hiking because I feel like I had to, to know like I, this is me, like this is where I want to be. That, that's awesome. So, so after that moment, it's cool that you can, um, you know, you know, that specific, that, uh, specific moment. So, mm -hmm. so after that, uh, you know, once, once things kind of change from that perspective, what, what were kind of the next, um, I guess, steps within that journey? Yeah. So kind of from there, like the first thing for me was finishing the 48, 4,000 footers of New Hampshire. So it was like, I want to finish this list so that I can do other things, but it was still in this, my brain of like, no, like I really want to finish that. And so about, I want to say a year later, I finished that. And then all of a sudden I had done almost all the peaks more than one time. Uh. And it was just like, uh, as soon as I finished that 48, all of a sudden I found myself in the mountains more, wanting to hike them more, wanting to do other hiking, wanting to see new places. And all of a sudden it just was this like all of a sudden push of like, oh, now this is all I do. <laughs> That's cool. So did you did you ever see that initial group of of hikers again after that? Um, you know, <laughs> I had no, asked. One, one of the people I have never seen again. Um 
one of them, two of them I have never seen again, but I wasn't super close with those two. It was like one specifically I was more close with and I had seen him since then. And it was funny because we had had a conversation about it because um, it was a couple of years ago before I was going to hike the Appalachian Trail. And he was like, I just I can't believe like you went from like basically not being able to hike to now like you're about to quit your job and go hike the AT and like <laughs> do do this thing that I've always wanted to do. Um, yeah. So it was a cool kind of like realization moment. Uh, and then that was more my like trying to encourage him then of like, hey, you know, if you want to do these things, like you just got to get out there and do them. That, that's awesome. So, so you, um, y- you know, you, you, well, it sounds like you went through, you know, all the trails in your area. So after that, you know, you mentioned the, the AT and stuff, was it sort of, you just kind of come up with like a, um, a, a bucket list almost of hikes that you wanted to accomplish? Um, kind of like after the 48, I wanted to do, um, this list called the terrifying 25 and they're supposed to be like 25 of the most terrifying hikes in the white mountains. But the Appalachian Trail was kind of really the next big goal. And it's not something that I wanted to do because of like me getting into hiking. It's something that I've always thought about doing since I was a little kid. Um, And it was always like in the back of my brain as something I would love to do. But it was in my brain as, well, that's not something I don't think I could ever do. But if I could, that would be really cool. And it wasn't until I started hiking more. And then I got into the career that I'm in where I realized it was going to be a possibility for me to like take that time away. Um, And I always like when it comes to goals, like I always like to have a goal, but not because that's what I have to hike and I only have to do those things. But it kind of gives me a direction on where to go and like what to do next. Um, Yeah, it's just like nice to have like that that idea of like, okay, you know, what do I want to hike today? I don't know. Let's go look at this list of things that I could potentially do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of a, a somewhat North star there, kind of where to, to go to. So, right. so you, you mentioned, um, you know, obviously uh, wanting to do the AT, which it sounds uh, like you did and we can get into that, but you also mentioned having a career that allowed you to do that. Um, what, what was that? Yeah. So, um, I, so after high school, I actually took a year off and I, I traveled the world for a year and where'd you go? Um, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Denmark, the Philippines, Mexico, Brazil, and like Midwestern U S. Okay. Where, Uh, where was your favorite (laughs) out of all those? Oh, that's a really hard question. Um, (laughs) I, I have, uh, there's two countries that I have a really like soft spot spot in my heart for, and that's the Philippines is one of them. And then the other is Mexico um, because we didn't like when I traveled, I wasn't um, I wasn't just like a tourist traveling. I was like staying with families in every place that I went to. And so the people in the Philippines and the people in Mexico are some of like my favorite people like in this world. They're so loving, so kind, so just like happy to just like be a part of your life and it just was like a really cool experience like going to those places that's uh, so so to that that question i'm sorry i'm sort of going down a rabbit hole now but um so so you mentioned when you when you traveled around you stayed with with different families how did Mm -hmm. how did those connections work out um so it depends on the family you know we were generally only there for a week um so there are some of the families that I still talk to and we still message each other on birthdays and ask how they're doing. Um, and there's some that I, you know, didn't really have a great connection with that I don't really talk to. 
anymore um, just because we stayed with a lot, probably over 30 different families um, in my year there. So, um, but like there are some that I know, like um, one of my host families in Mexico came to Boston. Um, and when I was living in Massachusetts, I like drove into Boston to meet them and like had lunch and like kind of showed them around a little bit. And it's kind of one of those things that if I was to message, you know, one of my host families kind of around the world and I was like, oh, hey, I'm coming to your area. They'd pick me in in a heartbeat, you know? Yeah. It's a really cool experience. And like, I really like I just went when I went to Colorado last summer, I stopped by um, my host family in Denver, Colorado and spent a week with them. And it was just really, really cool to have this connection with people that I haven't seen in 10 years sometimes. That's awesome. So how do, how do you find, how do you meet them in the first place? Like the, the host families, is, is there like a. a... Yeah, I traveled, um, I traveled with an organization and okay. so the organization like organized all that for us. I got you. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. That that's awesome. So, so anyways, uh, so, so you, you traveled the world, kind of took your time doing that. And then, um, and then what, what happened? Yeah. So while I was traveling, I was trying to kind of figure out what I wanted to do in life. Um, Cause for my whole life, I was like, Oh, I'll just go into theater. Cause that's the thing I know I'm good at. But I always had this like feeling of like, I wanted to do something where I felt like I could help people and like theater didn't like, yes, you can help people when it comes to like theater and the arts. And it's definitely wonderful in that way, but I didn't want that to become my career because I didn't want to like, end up disliking it or whatnot because I was doing so much of it. Um, so while I was traveling, um, you know, you got to meet all these different professionals. We got to work in like, we went to different like nursing homes and like we did a lot of service workplaces. And, you know, the one thing that I realized that was something that was just a connection between all of our societies is healthcare. Um, and I had, you know, saw a lot of disparities in healthcare around the world and I wanted to be able to go into a career that I could potentially give back in some way, even if it's just to my own community. So I ended up going into nursing because I thought it was like a really great stepping stone for that. Yeah. Um, and kind of how nursing, you know, people are like, well, how, how does a nurse make it easier for you to take six months off in your life? <laughs> um, <laughs> the great thing about nursing is you have the ability, once you have some experience, to do travel nursing. Um, because there's a need for nurses, no matter, no matter where you are, there's always a need for more nurses. And so some of us choose to travel, which for me gives me that opportunity to travel and hike in different places. Um, but it's contract work. So I only work three months somewhere, sometimes a little bit longer if I can extend, I get to explore the city that I'm in for those like three to five months that I'm there. And then once they don't need me anymore, I say, it was nice to meet you and I can move to the next city. Um, but because I'm a contract worker, if I, I can just choose to not take an assignment and I can just take off as much time as I want. Um, and because there's always a need for nurses, I'm never gonna, I don't really have a problem or I haven't had a problem finding a new job after. That's awesome. And I, I know a couple of people that, um, have done the, the traveling nurse thing and, and it, and it seems kind of like the, the, the perfect opportunity, you know, if, if you're that type of person that wants to go out and, and kind of see everything that you can see. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, you know, you get this three to five month, you know, taste of the city and yeah. then, you know, time's up and you maybe take a month off or jump right into mm -hmm. another one or whatnot, but you get to mm -hmm. just see a lot from there. So, um, so no, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really cool. And like, I'm not traveling right now for work, but it traveling allowed me, it was the reason why I was able to hike the Appalachian Trail this year. 
you know, if it wasn't for that job, like it would have been really hard for me to take time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, uh, back to the AT, what, what, I mean, obviously you mentioned that was kind of always a dream of yours, but what, uh, I guess, what was that like once you were finally like, okay, I'm doing this cause it's what a 2000 and some odd plus miles. Um, yeah. if I don't remember, or if I remember correctly, um, <laughs> you know, I guess what, what was that like? What, what was kind of the trips and maybe some of the highlights of, of that, um, experience itself, um, especially with the distance and the, the time that it, that it takes to do it. Yeah. So I think I have to kind of go back before I talk about the AT and kind of talk yeah. about my journey to get there. So before I was even a travel nurse, um, back in, uh, February of 2020, I actually quit my like staff, my normal staff job as a nurse. And the plan was to hike the Appalachian Trail then. So I quit my job. I sold my car. I found someone to sublease my apartment and I got rid of 60% of my things and got on trail in, in Georgia, March 16th. Um, and I don't know if you remember that week of March 15th and 2020, but that was kind of when everything kind of <laughs> went insane. Um, and I still got on trail thinking, okay, this was the best place to be, you know, away from people, you know, whatever. Um, but then March 17th, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy asked people to get off trail, um, and to not hike anymore. And, you know, some people still did, but where I have a career in which I can, you know, go and help during the pandemic, yeah. I didn't right for me to stay on trail and not go and help. Um, so I ended up coming off trail and then just kind of waiting a week, kind of seeing how, you know, everything happened. When, when I realized this wasn't ending anytime soon, I actually ended up working in a COVID field hospital um, for a little bit. Um, and then I took a couple travel assignments. And even last year, it was still kind of iffy on whether it would be okay to be on trail. Um, but then I decided this year that I was like, okay, we're getting to the point where I know it's not over. It's probably not going to be over for a while, but we have, you know, our ways in which we can be safe and uh, try to help, like, you know, prevent the spread and we understand it better, which is kind of how I got on trail this year. So it was kind of a surreal experience for me because I had hiked almost the entire state of Georgia back in 2020. And so getting on trail, it was kind of um, really, really surreal for me because also I felt that everything was against me trying to get back on this trail. Um, I like threw my back out maybe a month before I started trail and then I broke <sighs> my toe uh, two weeks before I was supposed to start trail. Um, and I tried to ignore the fact that it was broken. And my mom was like, you need to go check get that checked out. Like you can't go hike six months if you have a broken toe. And so I went and he's like, yep, it's broken. Um, and so he gave me the okay to hike, but he was like, it's up to you. This is going to take longer to heal if you don't take time off. So I ended up postponing my start date by about two weeks. And I started the trail on a broken toe of three and a half weeks. And so being on trail in Georgia, I just felt like something was going to happen and something was going to go wrong. Um, and I felt that way until I hit that point in which I hadn't hit um, back in 2020 until I finally hit that new stretch of trail. And I had this just like overwhelming feeling of, no, this is happening. Like nothing is stopping you from doing this. Um, and it was cool for me because like, I think because I had those experiences leading up to trail, I had this like um, kind of this more of this awareness and this um, feeling of gratefulness for being out there. That like, I'm so privileged and blessed that I was able to get back out there that like, 
the whole trail for me was just like such a positive experience because of that. And even when I had really bad days, because I had really bad days, I always remembered that, but like you are out here and you get to do this and like, you should be super grateful for that. And it was just like, it allowed me to have like these incredible experiences like up the trail. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, you know, obviously um, you're not, um, I guess superstitious might not be the right word, but you know, yeah. you know, every, everything happens with, uh, you know, the COVID the first time that, that you try to start then the toe and the back and everything else. Yeah. Um, but to, to push through all that, like, you know what, I don't care what signs <laughs> might be out there. I'm doing this and you did right. it. And, it, and it's right. cool, especially when, like you said, once you, you finish that first stretch that you did previously, that was like, mm-hmm. ah, okay, I got this, um, yeah. that, you, that you had that feeling. So, um, so, so as you were continuing on, um, you know, where, I guess, you know, I know there's, uh, different people you meet along the way. I know there's, there's good old trail names, there's, mm-hmm. uh, different experiences, weather, all that crazy stuff. What, what are some of those stories? Yeah. So I, um, it's funny. I met, um, one of my main hiking partners day two of trail. Um, which like I never expected to meet someone day two that I would summit Katahdin with. Um, but this person ended up becoming like one of my best friends. And so we've had, we had a lot of like pretty, like really fun experiences. Um, there was, uh, this like moment where me, him and, um, one of our other guys who we ended up hiking the trail with, um, we're sitting on top of a mountain camping for sunset and we're just getting this like most and like the most incredible sunset that I like I've ever seen and like the three of us are just sitting there like looking at each other like are we in a movie right now like <laughs> and it was this like almost this like passing of like you know that first section of trail is like is this happening is this really happening what are we doing and it was that turning point of like yeah, for me, I felt that turning point earlier on. But then this was this like, no, we've been out here for 500 miles, like, we're <laughs> growing. Um, and I, that's something I always think back to, like, when I talk to the guys about it, like, you know, what's that moment when you realize that, like, these are the people that we're going to summit Katahdin with, like, this is the moment we realize that we're going to make it like that was like that like one moment for me. And it's hard to explain that, like, if you're not there, like, it's hard to explain those feelings. Um, another day, um, you know, there was a moment on trail where like my, uh, my family had kind of talked about like maybe kind of going our separate ways, how hiking alone for a little bit. Um, but in their brains, it was no, but we'll come back and we'll hike together. And in my brain, they said that. And I was like, well, that's it. We're done because <laughs> my <laughs> brain works that way. And so I have a distinct moment of leaving Daleville, um, Virginia, I think it was Daleville or was it Waynesburg? I don't know. Some town in Virginia. And I left before everyone. And the guy, my, you know, my friend that I had met day two left after me, but he was faster. So he caught up to me when I was taking a break and I'm having a bad day. Cause I'm like, my family's breaking up. I'm so sad. Like <laughs> I just like was in my own head. Like they don't want to be with me anymore. You know, like no one was hiding me. Like it was just like so silly, you know, but he comes up and he's running towards me. And I was like, what is up? He goes, I was thinking, want to hike a marathon tomorrow and he's just got this (laughs) biggest grin on his face and I was like you want me to hike a marathon with you tomorrow he goes yeah and I'm like yeah I'm it (laughs) let's do it (laughs) and so the next day like that day was one of my lowest points on trail at that point the next day was one of my favorite days on trail to this to this day you know we were keeping like a 
quick, like a really fast pace. We did 16 miles by noon. You know, we finished the marathon and, you know, we're not running. So obviously like, it's not going to take us four or five hours. It takes us a whole day, but you know, we started at six in the morning. We finished at six at night. We did a whole marathon. And at the like midway through the day, we took like an hour break and we went swimming in a river and then we started hiking past the river and it started thunderstorming. So now we're just like sprinting through a thunderstorm as like we're getting pelted with rain and we're completely soaked through. But we just have the biggest smiles on our faces and we're laughing over the fact that this is something that's happening. And then we get to camp, you know, we did that marathon. And the next morning I wake up, I look at him and said, if we hike to town tonight, we can get a free spaghetti dinner. Because in the next, there was a free spaghetti dinner and he goes, how many miles? I say 22. And he goes, let's do it. And we booked it and we did 22 miles the day after we did that marathon. And then it was a rainy day. We hitched into town to get a free dinner. And it's just like, it's those experiences like that, that are just like things that shouldn't happen in real life. Things that should not be a thing that happens, but they did, you know, on the trail. Um, Probably one of my other favorite experiences um, was an incredible trail magic we had gotten in um, Luray, Virginia. Um, so I hiked the trail with my dog. Um, and, you know, you have to worry about the dog's health and the things that like going on with a dog. And uh, my dog Kiko was having actually a lot of diarrhea when we were hiking through Shenandoah. And I was like, I need to get him seen by a vet. Like, I, he can't be having diarrhea. Like, he's just, we're, I'm not sleeping. He's not sleeping. You know, we're up all night. And so I called and made a vet appointment for a vet in Luray, Virginia. You know, we hitchhiked to the vet, you know, I'm talking to the vet. She takes him in to look at him, do his assessment. Um, and she comes back out and she goes, okay, we're going to, we're just going to prescribe you, you know, and like a medication for him to help with the diarrhea. Um, and she goes, but I'm only charging you for the medication. You don't have to worry about the vet visit. Wow. And I was like, yeah, which is huge. Right. Cause like vet fees are really expensive. Yeah. Um, so I think I spent $40 for this one medication. And then she goes, what are you guys doing tomorrow? Um, and I was like, Oh, I don't really know yet. We were debating taking the day off. And she goes, well, if you take the day off, you want to come swim in my pool. <laughs> and so she had one of her employees drive me to our, to my hotel that night. And then the next morning came, she came and picked us up, took us to her house and she's got an Olympic size swimming lap pool. <laughs> and she let us, hang out in her pool by her pool all day. She bought us lunch, bought us snacks. And then after drove us back to our hotel to drop stuff off and then took us to the Ray caverns so that we could go to, into Luray caverns and see the caverns in the Ray, Virginia. So we did that. And then we walked back to our hotel and then I went to go see Dr. Strange in the movie theater. And we were the only people in the theater and it was just like this incredible day in this town that I would have never even thought twice about if my dog never had diarrhea on trip. <laughs> and like, just like the goodness out of her heart that she was just like, no, I just, I want to do this for you. That's, that's awesome. That's, I mean, yeah, you can't really make that up, can you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's amazing. And I think that it's, it's always fun, uh, you know, hearing stories of people that have hiked the AT, um, in here those like experiences it just seems like people are so um you know genuine i guess when it comes to that and those interactions and there's like these these fun little stories and these fun experiences <laughs> that go along with it and obviously i'm sure you know uh she could tell that you were a pretty good uh person you know uh yeah. based off your uh interaction in order to to offer you that in the first place but no that's yeah. awesome 
Mm-hmm. And we have lots of interactions like that. Um, I, you know, my, my social media is not huge, but I do have like a, you know, kind of decent following for someone who, I, who doesn't actually really try that hard um, because I don't, I, I like to just post my pictures and there's a couple of people who follow me um, specifically because I was hiking the AT who met us on trail and like did drove us around, took us places because they just like genuinely wanted to help us because they just love helping through hikers and they liked following our journey and was like, no, I want to come and help you because I enjoy following your journey, which is like really, really cool. Yeah, no, no, that, that no, that's amazing. It's, it's, it's it's it you know it it's it's refreshing to hear stories like that too you know there's there's lots of good in this world um no matter mm-hmm. what you might read sometimes so exactly. it's, it's nice it's nice to hear hear those stories so, mm-hmm. so so as as you kept making your your way up um you know i guess you were in virginia at that time did everything kind of go smoothly for the rest you know i don't know a thousand or so miles um yeah so i mean mostly like i mean it was like we had a really lucky through hike we had pretty great weather pretty much the whole time you know we had some snow some rain some hot days but otherwise it was just like genuinely like a very like comfortable trail which is not normal for the appalachian trail we were like super lucky this year (laughs) um we definitely had like I fall a lot when I hike and I don't know why. And it just happens. And no matter <laughs> what I do. And I think some of it is I keep my dog on a leash because he is a rescue and where he has made a lot of strides. And like, I have worked really hard to get him to be trail ready. You know, he still has his nuances. He's not great with other dogs. He's not the biggest fan of children. So I keep him on a leash because I don't want to have any issues. But because of that, if I slip at all, he doesn't stop when I slip. So oh. he'll pull me. And so I tend to fall a lot. <laughs> it's just like a <laughs> combination of things. Um, and there were definitely moments, like especially in Maine, you know, we're tired. We've hiked 2,000 miles. We're ready to be done. You know, it's 2,200 miles. We've got less than 200 left. And we're just like so tired. And I'm, I can remember a day on trail where kind of gross hopefully this is okay to talk about but i like my dog didn't like one of the guys hiking ahead of us he just wanted to hike with uh, my friend dream catcher like period and so i had to pee really badly and i said to dream catcher and our other guy easy go ahead just go i'm gonna pee i'll meet you guys at at lunch it's gonna be fine and so i go over i pull my pants down to pee my dog flips out he like barking crying because he wants to get to them and he pulls <laughs> me forward causes me to oh, pee no. all over my shorts <laughs> and i just like look at him like are you kidding me i was like <laughs> i let you stop for the bathroom and so like i you know had to pull my shorts up but like now i'm i smell like pee i'm covered in pee i hike up to the guys i just start i'm just like basically on the verge of tears and I like look at them when I get to camp. They're like, what's up? And I'm like, I just like can't handle it anymore. Like he, he pulling me over. He can't handle not being near you guys. And I just like, I just <laughs> down. and then like, I just kind of like sat in the shelter where we're eating. I was eating my food and this guy comes up with a, like, uh, like across the lake that we were on, on a canoe and he shows up and he goes, oh, you guys mind if I eat lunch with you? And we're like, okay. So we're sitting there, this random dude from nowhere is eating lunch. I so I love to talk to anyone not in a talking mood because I'm like anything will cause me to cry and he just starts cooking up these sausages and then starts handing us like sausages to eat and so I was just like wow he gave us like wine and sausages and I'm like wow I'm in a better mood today is so much better (laughs) 
was like, this is amazing. So then we started hiking and um, Dreamcatcher was like, let me take Kiko. You seem to like need a break. So he took my dog and he was hiking ahead of me and we had to cross a river and we slipped on a river and I fell like face first in the river. Rock like went right into a place that it should not have gone on my body. And I just like looked at them, looked at the guys and I just started crying like literal tears just like full meltdown the three of them look at me like uh, 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 i just did not know what to do and they're like you okay i'm like yeah i'm fine just I'm gonna hike and i just like went ahead of them and just like kept walking and then, so there were lots of moments like that where like your body is just like so physically exhausted your mind is so physically exhausted that like the little things that like shouldn't matter are just like just like feel like someone's just like whacking you with a ton of bricks like you know, I fall all the time. I still fall now. I fell like twice on my hike yesterday and I don't break down, but it was just like these feelings of like, I don't know if it's like the trail's almost over. We don't want it to be over, but also we do because we're emotionally and physically tired. Our bodies are just burnt out and we're just like pushing ourselves so hard. Um, it's just like that combination of things. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know it's it sounds like every uh, every unfortunate thing like that that happens though there's always a a uh, a, a plus to it shortly after. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, oh, yeah. it they, they come in pairs, so that's good, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what what was that feeling like once once you kind of made it through and you're like, "Hey, you know, I completed this. I have these these amazing stories, amazing experiences to go after it, or, you know, to to reminisce on." Like what what was that like? Um, honestly, like pretty surreal. It didn't feel real for a good while. And I think some of that was like two weeks after we finished the Appalachian Trail, me and one of the guys, Dreamcatcher, went and finished the long trail in Vermont. So we did like an additional 172 miles. Um, and that trail, I swear, tried to tried to kill me. Also, I like slipped on a rock and like smashed my face open when I was in that uh, when I was on uh, uh, Mount Mansfield, the highest peak in Vermont. And so we had that like month of like two weeks where we were home, just like doing a bunch of stuff two weeks back on the mountains on trail and then coming home, it didn't hit me until I started applying for jobs um, because I'm trying to change specialties. So I have to work. I have to be a staff nurse for a little bit and like work as a staff nurse in that specialty if I ever want to travel in it. And so I like all of a sudden had three phone interviews and then three in-person interviews and then two job offers. And it was like, oh, wait, this is real. I am starting real life. Um, And I'm also um, I have to get some work. So I live in a van with my dog normally. And so when I travel, I travel in that van. Um, But I there was some damage done to it um, by someone else um, uh, a year ago and a year ago and then another half year, I had two people <laughs> do some damage to my van, which is totally fine. It happens. And I had to do, I have to get the body work done and I actually have to rip apart. Um, I just found out today the entire build to do that body work. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm currently in this like weird feeling of like, well, I don't want to get an apartment because I want to live in my van. So I'm like back in my parents' house at age 29, either at their house in Massachusetts or at um, their house in New Hampshire, um, because I don't want to like spend all my money on rent because I'm trying to build my own house in New Hampshire. So it's like this weird like, oh, I feel like I'm back in childhood living in my parents <laughs> again, you know. Um, so it's honestly kind of super hard and like you, these feelings of like overwhelming, like just like you're just overwhelmed by everything, you know, overwhelmed having to go back to work, overwhelmed, like having obligations to people like I haven't been home for a couple of years. So it's like 
everybody in my life is wants to see me and which is amazing. And I love seeing people, but like, I had so much solitude on trail and I got so used to living in my van the last couple of years and having so much time to myself to think and like work through problems to all of a sudden feeling as if I have no time to myself and no time to do the things that I like need to do for me. Um, so it's kind of like, it's almost like the trail didn't happen. It feels so like, just like such a far off distant thought now, even though it was just done at the end of August. Um, it's a very, it's very interesting. I never thought I would feel like the way I do now, you know, and it hasn't been that long. <laughs> yeah. Kind of getting reacclimated to uh society and, um, you know, what? Yeah. I, I, I'll say, I don't, I don't blame you at all for, you know, uh, getting back in your parents' house, saving some money while you get everything else sorted out. That makes complete mm-hmm. sense to me. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> But so, so kind of as you're, as you're working through, uh, you know, kind of, kind of getting back in the swing of things, obviously a lot going on. Um, what are, do you, is that kind of the plan right now is kind of get those things sorted, maybe save up again. And then, and then is there another trail on the list or what does that kind of look like the future? Um, you know, there's always another trail on the list. (laughs) Um, I, you know, the Appalachian trail is now my fourth long distance trail I've done. Um, so since 2020, um, I, I did, um, something called a white mountain diuretisma, which is a through hike of the New Hampshire 4,000 footers. So it was about 250 miles and it took us 11 days, um, and to, to hike basically all the 4,000 footers in one continuous footpath. So we did that. And then the year after I went and did the Benton Mackay and the Pinhoe trails, cause I wanted to be able to train my dog on trails that weren't as populated. So there weren't as many people. Um, so that's kind of, I did like one trail is 340 and the other was 290. Um, so they're a little smaller through hikes. And so there's always like those little hikes that I like want to do. Um, I definitely, I'm trying to actually get my dad to do the PCT with me in a couple of years. I think that is something I definitely really want to do, but triple crowning in general, PCT, CDT. Um, I lived in New Mexico for a little bit, um, before the AT this year. And I just fell in love with the CDT um, being in New Mexico and doing some hiking in Colorado. And I even did some in Wyoming and I was like, wow, this is a trail I never really knew anything about. And now I desperately want to go hike in. (laughs) So there's always plans. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's awesome. And I'm, uh, that'll be really cool if, uh, you know, you you do convince your, your dad to go with you. That'll be a fun, uh, bonding experience, I'm sure. So it really would, it really would. And he'd be happy. Like he's like, just like me, like he loves backpacking. I took my whole family on a backpacking trip in Iceland back in 2018. And my dad to this day still talks about how it was his favorite family vacation we've ever done. So. So that's cool. You all did uh, the the trip to uh, I- Iceland as well. So I've, I've been there. Uh, my wife and I went there, I don't know, maybe for four days. Um, and it was, uh, we, we rented a little, we did not hike, I uh, will say. And actually, she was pregnant with our first child. Uh, then we found out during the middle of our, our Europe trip that included Iceland as well. But um, a little Fiat driving around. So what, what was that hike like? Or I guess, or you mentioned like, where, where did all, where all did you go for that? Yeah, so the hike, I'm definitely going to butcher how you say it, but I call it the Lagavger Trail. Um, but it's definitely not pronounced that way. Um, and you hike, it's a 55 kilometer with an optional additional 25 kilometer trek across Iceland. Um, we did the 55 kilometers and 
it's interesting because you have to do it. You can only do it in the summer um, because of weather. Um, the weather yeah. window is pretty, pretty <laughs> short up there. And like the week after we did it, they had to like take people off of the trail because the weather was so bad. Of course, we lucked out and it only rained 10 minutes the entire time we were there. Um, but the trail is really cool. Every night you stay in huts. Um, you can camp, but if you camp, you risk not being able to do the trail because of bad weather. Um, whereas staying in the huts, you're more likely to be able to stay on the trek and every day is different. So like day, it's going to see if I can remember this, but like day one, it was like these red and like, like gold, um, mountains that were just absolutely incredibly beautiful. And then one day we were hiking through this like black volcanic, essentially wasteland, but not really a wasteland. (laughs) beautiful but it was just volcanic rock that was like so thinly fine that you're just like walking through um and there's mountains on either side um one day the end of the day we walked to this place that looks like the grand canyon essentially but its own like type of grand canyon one day it's just all green around us so one day we're walking by a glacier and so it was just every single day was just like a whole different felt like ecosystem um, and it was four days, so it wasn't any wasn't any long period of time, but every day it was different. Um, it also has like some really um, intense river crossings. There's three river crossings you have to do on the trail, and they're glacially fed. <laughs> so you're walking through essentially like a glacier cold river, um, and it's already only like forty to fifty degrees out. Yeah, <laughs> and you have to walk through this river. Um, it, my dad he's a saint. He, my mom, my mom is in like, she's much better now and she would probably enjoy it more now if she did. But when we first did this trek, she did it because, you know, I think she was a little having some FOMO that the rest of us were going to (laughs) go. And so when the river crossings came, she had this big backpack and she was like, I don't think I can cross this safely. So my dad would cross with his pack and her, leave them on that side, cross back and then grab her (laughs) and cross again. That's love. And so he, it's love. Yeah. So our six river crossings, he did 12 or something. <laughs> nine, he did nine, right? Because he did three each time, um, which is, uh, which is amazing. Um, and it's funny at the end of every day, you know, we were always the last people to camp, you know, because we're going, you know, my family wasn't the quickest hikers, but when there was two miles left, my parents would be like, okay, go run ahead of everyone and go get us bunks in the. <laughs> so I'd be like running. And I actually, funny, I, I do this a lot. Apparently I had broken my ankle four weeks before the trail. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it was a non weight bearing bone and I got the okay from my doctor. I, you know, we did physical therapy and I did x-rays before I went to go, but it, you know, me with just a broken ankle now running or walking fast two miles to go make sure we could get into the huts, like in a good spot in the huts. Um, but yeah, Iceland, I mean, that hike in Iceland was just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you were looking for a fun, short backpacking trip, like that's one I recommend for anyone. That's awesome. And, and I will say, so I, I was mistaken. So we did go on one hike and it was just a day hike and I could not tell you what it is. Um, <laughs> no I think it was like, maybe it was like maybe two miles up to a hot spring and then two miles back. Um, oh, it was, was that, it's popular. It was I know the, that much. Uh, was it the geothermal river? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a river. That, that yeah, we were in. it was probably that I can't tell you the name of it either, but I think I've, I, we did that also. It I was, was like one of my favorite hot springs I've ever done. It was really cool. And, and, you know, my, um, 
my my wife likes to explore not so much um long distance even you know two miles is nothing for you but you know um so so she like i was like this is our last day here but then we're going back to home from the states and maybe a, a week before we found out like i said we were pregnant with uh the first uh for our first child um mm -hmm. in 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 budapest actually but and oh, she just she just gave me the absolute worst look the whole hike up um <laughs> and then we you know we get to the to the hot spring river or whatnot and it's just like amazing it's like this was absolutely worth it like yep um <laughs> so <laughs> but so so one thing i always like to ask our our guests is is kind of one piece of advice for our listeners um and you know you've you've experienced the world you've you've through hiked and backpacked and obviously have a thirst for adventure and your career plays into that as well um mm -hmm. and at the same time you've had your fair amount of snags with some of those trips from the uh, the foot injuries and and everything else what i guess what would your advice be to to kind of encourage someone to go out there and and kind of chase chase those dreams and not being discouraged whether you know, maybe they're they're worried about, you know, going on something for that long or going out of country or, you know, a month ago I broke my ankle or, you know, there's different worries that seem to build up, you know, depending on how ambitious the goal is. How, how would you like, I guess, what would you tell them to kind of get them out there and going and like realize like, hey, this is this is going to be amazing and you need to do it? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think for me, like one of the big reasons why I get myself out there so much is because so many we're told to work a lot so we can save money so that we can travel and do our things we want to do when we retire. But being a nurse, I have seen so many people in this life who retired in a week later in the hospital with some health issue. And it's like a very common thing of like someone retires, they're like, I'm gonna live my life. And then now they can't because they have something health going on. Or, you know, like, I have like, you know, people I know in my life who died young of cancer or something. And you never know how long your life is. And if you allow your fear of like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. I don't know if I am capable of that, or I'm afraid to go alone. I'm afraid to do this thing. If you allow that to guide your life, you know, you never, might never get that chance in the future. And so I'm a big component of live your retirement years while you still are physically able to that way, when you are retired and if something happens, you're not able to do these things, you don't live, you know, your last couple of years in regret that you didn't do them. Absolutely. And actually, that's a, that's a uh, good point, too, especially, you know, your perspective from being in the health industry of of seeing those those examples of I wish I did this, you know, when I was mm -hmm. 30 or you know 20 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, they have those, um, regrets. And, and so, no, I love that. I pray. And I, I'm a, I'm a big believer of that as well, you know, do mm -hmm. as much as you can. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's what we did before having kids. And now as, as our kids get older, the oldest is only three. So we have a little, little wells to go, but, uh, yeah. you know, get them out there and still experience those things with them while they're mm -hmm. young. So, uh, right. that's, a, that's amazing. So, to that point, where where can people find uh, you online? Kind of see see what your what adventures you're up to next, um, and kind of follow your journey. Yeah, so the probably the best way to follow me is my Instagram. Um, it's at Nurse on the Trail. Um, that's probably where I post the most updates when I am backpacking. And if I'm doing like a backpacking trip, I do record YouTube videos, um, and that's also Nurse on the Trail um, on YouTube. Um, and so you can see all of my videos from 
my diaratisma from the Bent Mackay and Penhody last year, as well as um, the Long Trail and the Appalachian Trail. Um, it's all up there. And I think maybe I have a video on, I did the backpacking trip in the Gila National Forest out in New Mexico. Um, so my YouTube page is fun. If you want to just see a day to day, like how I'm feeling in the moment um, trip of like these backpacking trips I've done. Awesome. Awesome. Well, definitely uh, make sure you check that out. Um, get some inspiration and and for, for your own and then uh, see what Nicole's up to. But Nicole, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story, share your adventures. Um, and I can't wait to see where you go next. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life emotion. Until next time.